Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked On Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman here. Riding solo today on a Thursday. Getting ready for the second preseason game. The Bucks have another day off. They're traveling tomorrow, so no media availability tomorrow. You can catch me on this show daily, Monday to Friday. And if you are new to the show, we even throw in the odd weekend episode, particularly during the season when there's a big game. You can get me on Twitter, at Kane Pittman, and also find my words over at ESPN and NBA. Australia. As always, we want to thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen of every single day. We really appreciate it. It's free wherever you get your podcasts and now on YouTube. And for your daily update, we're over 700 subscribers. We're only a couple of weeks old here, so give us some credit for that and give you guys some credit. We're pushing towards 1,000 subscribers. That's what we want. So if you haven't jumped on YouTube yet, check it out. Uh, We're having some fun and just a little bit of uh, housework, housekeeping as we move forward here. Eric Name from The Athletic, former host of this podcast, is going to be on the show tomorrow. Uh, you guys know we always have fun when I get to catch up with Eric, so that's going to be a lot of fun. And he did the radio broadcast only a couple of days ago in the preseason. That He's doing the analyst role next to Gabe Neitzel. He's going to do the same through preseason, so we'll be able to check out how that experience went for him. And speaking of radio broadcast, we didn't mention this on yesterday's post-game show as we were wrapping up the very weird game between the Bucks and the Grizzlies where a fire alarm cut the game short after three quarters. If you missed the post-game pod, the first of the season, Frank and I got together. We discussed Grayson Allen, uh, Sandro Mamu Kalashvili, and also Jordan War and what they brought to the table. I think it was really, really interesting. But Dave Kane, the new radio play-by-play announcer and I'm I'm happy with that last name. I was very happy when we got the news release from the Bucks. They said this is the proper pronunciation of the name. So Dave uh, is going to be the radio play-by-play guy uh, throughout the season. Very experienced uh, basketball play-by-play, college basketball. He's been uh, doing it with uh, Virginia for quite a while. So yeah, this is this is going to be really fun. I personally look forward to listening to the calls. Sometimes when I'm over here in Australia, I catch the games on the radio. Uh, so that's going to be a lot of fun. But as promised, we're talking the GM survey, and I'm really looking forward to hearing your guys' thoughts on some of these percentages that we saw from the GMs. They get together, get asked a bunch of different questions. So uh, as I said, you can hit me up at Kane Pittman uh, right there. You can see it on the screen if you're uh, watching on YouTube. But also uh, jump in the comments section on YouTube or, uh, as I said, hit me up on Twitter. But let's go to the first question here or the first survey that I wanted to bring up. So which team will win the 2022 NBA Finals? So 72% of the GMs are saying it's going to be the Brooklyn Nets, 17% the Los Angeles Lakers, and then 10% the Milwaukee Bucks. And the beauty of these surveys are they also give you an opportunity to look back at how the GMs voted a year earlier. And the Lakers had 81% of the vote a year ago. And uh, obviously that didn't quite pan out. 
I don't think there's anything too disrespectful about this when you look at it. The Bucks uh, only ten percent of the vote, and you might say, "Well, they're NBA champions." That's that's pretty disrespectful to not have uh, them right up the top. But we've spoken about this before. I I personally am fine with the fact that if you look at the pure talent, you look at James Harden, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. When you're doing this project, you're assuming that everyone's going to be fully healthy. I think it's fine to say that the Brooklyn Nets would have the edge. But one thing that we haven't really discussed at length on this podcast as we've gone through, what the heck is going on in Brooklyn? Are they going to have Kyrie Irving for the full season? I really don't know. The latest news, and this was reported by ESPN yesterday, is that the the Brooklyn Nets genuinely have a decision to make. They have to come up with a solution to this this issue that is quickly rising with Kyrie Irving. If he chooses not to be vaccinated, that'll be his choice, but that's going to cost the Brooklyn Nets because as it currently stands, he wouldn't be able to practice at home in Brooklyn. He wouldn't be able to play at home. Uh, That is obviously 41 regular season games. And for a team looking to to contend, uh, that would be no home playoff games either. So yeah, quite frankly, that's not a tenable situation. And that is not a situation the Knicks are going to roll through. Uh, One of the potential situations I brought up in our group DM that we have with Frank and Eric and all the guys is Ben Simmons going to somehow get involved here because you've got two franchises that are feeling like they are are getting pushed into a situation that is certainly not ideal from their point of view. I don't want to see that. If you're a Bucks fan, I don't think you want to see Ben Simmons end up in Brooklyn in a place where he doesn't have to be an offensive guy. He can just play defense uh, I don't think that that would be a good situation for other teams in the Eastern Conference. They've got enough offense. I don't think they're going to miss the offense of Kyrie Irving, but certainly I can't see the Nets just rolling through the season and saying, yeah, cool, Kyrie, don't play in half the home games. That doesn't make sense to me. But for the purpose of the survey, if everyone's healthy, if it's a perfect world and everyone's playing, I can understand why the Nets would be there. Um, you can certainly make the case that the Bucks are being disrespected as defending champions. Uh, I don't know. I mean, they're still the third best team or the third ranked team or the third favorite to win the NBA title. And I always just come back to the point that imagine five years ago thinking that the Bucs would consistently be at the top of this GM survey for who's going to win the NBA champion. As a team that is a genuine chance to win an NBA championship, it's just not something that I ever could imagine. So it's it's hard for me personally to feel like the Bucs are being disrespected. We know the reason why they don't get as much media coverage as these other teams because from a basketball sense, from a news sense, they're boring. Nothing goes wrong. There's no drama. These guys like each other. They show up. They work hard. There's no story. So it's it's just one of those things to me where we cover the team. We find endless topics to talk about and endless stories to talk about because we like talking about what's going on the court. But for these uh, media markets, sometimes it's not so much about what's going on the court. There's more of a story with the Lakers and more of a story with the Nets. So, look, I'm fine with that uh, survey there with the Bucs coming in third. I think it's probably about right. The Bucs are going to be one of the great contenders. Everyone has the Bucs and the Nets on a tier of their own uh, in the East. So as we go to the second question here, who will win the 2021-22 Kia MVP? Kevin Durant is the favorite at 37%. Luka Doncic is at 33%. Then you have Giannis at 13%. Then Joel Embiid, James Harden, uh, and Steph Curry is down there as well. Uh, the interesting thing with this is that Giannis last year was actually the favorite at 32%, which to me is is super fascinating because I, I went into last year 
basically understanding that there was no chance that he was going to win the MVP based on voter fatigue, based on the fact that they they really want to put the playoff results into these MVP votes. I mean, that's what becomes the narrative. I mean, I don't think anyone thought Giannis was going to win the MVP. I've made this point before. I think if the Bucks had have won the title in the bubble, in the 2020 NBA title, I think Giannis would have won it last year. I think the voters were looking for a reason not to give it to, to Nikola Jokic. I personally don't think that that's fair. I thought Jokic deserved it. I thought he was sensational. But Giannis was spectacular. The numbers were unbelievable. And now that he's got that NBA championship, I kind of would have Giannis' favorite to win this year's MVP. I thought Luka Doncic was going to win it last year. He disappointed. Maybe going to the Olympics, he comes back in in a bit better shape this year. Because, I mean, I I think it's fair to say that he didn't show up in the best shape last season. So I, I think that it should be Giannis and it should be Luka Doncic. I just don't know if Kevin Durant can win the MVP playing alongside James Harden. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. But I I don't really see that being the case. Um, But look, if he goes out and averages 32, 33 points per game and the Nets finish uh, on top of the standings in the East, maybe he will win it. Maybe that would be fair enough decision as well. Uh, Again, let me know what you think. We've got a bunch more questions to roll through. Before that, I want to talk about sweat block. And sweat block wipes, uh, they are doctor created and doctor recommended. They work for up to seven days per use. There's a dry shirt guarantee. If sweat block doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. We know there's a few things in life that they're just not fun to talk about. One of them is excessive sweating. You know, when you're sweating through your shirts for no reason, it's absolutely embarrassing, right? Sweat block is stronger and more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. You simply apply it at night before bedtime, go to bed. The next morning you wake up, wash, and go about your day without worrying about the sweat guaranteed. If you or someone you love is dealing with this, you have to check out SweatBlock. Get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with the promo code locked on or at Amazon and CBS. All right, as we keep rolling through here, uh, once again, I want to thank all you guys for making Locked On Bucks your first listen of each and every day. Uh, you can get it daily. It's free wherever you get your podcasts if you just want to listen. If you're like me, who generally listens to podcasts in the car, uh, maybe that suits you. But if you're at home, a lot of people are at home at the moment and you're working, jump on YouTube, give us a subscribe and uh, continue to enjoy the show there. We've got a a couple of fun little elements there with the YouTube show that change up the experience a little bit. We've been getting some positive feedback. Uh, One of the different aspects you get to see is me pulling up tweets and little photos and images that help with the experience a little bit here. So the next question, as we continue to roll through the GM survey for the 2022 season, if you were starting a franchise today and could sign any player in the NBA, who would it be? Luka Doncic, number one, 43%. Giannis, 40%. Uh, Other players that receive votes, Anthony Davis, Kevin Durant, LeBron James, Nikola Jokic, Zion Williamson. And can I just say, LeBron James, listen, I get it. From a marketing point of view, it's probably awesome. Probably from a free agent point of view, it's awesome because you're still going to get a bunch of players play for you. But you're not starting a franchise with LeBron James. Get out of here. What is he, 36 years old? Why would you start a franchise with a 36-year-old? It doesn't make sense to me. So whoever voted for him, Absolutely ridiculous. But I think Giannis is a little ripped off. Maybe I'm biased. I don't know. Doncic makes sense if you're talking about prime for the next decade. But Giannis is only 26. And I know this is super close, by the way, 43% and 40%. So it's not, you know, again, maybe it's not a massive disrespect to Giannis, but he's only 26. 
He's already got two MVPs, a championship, a finals MVP, an all-star MVP, a defensive player of the year, a most improved player. The awards are just just everywhere. And Luca, we all expect, is going to continue to grow. But the reason why I, I would choose Giannis is because he's proven record of just working his ass off. I mean, this guy lives and breathes basketball. I don't know if I don't know if Luca does. I mean, he's been a pro for so long. Obviously, he's awesome. Obviously, he's a generational talent. But as I mentioned in the first segment, I mean, he did show up last year, probably underdone. Could you ever imagine Giannis showing up underdone to start a season? There's no chance. There's no way he would do that. We've seen it. There's no chance that he would show up in anything other than tip-top shape or be doing whatever he could to do so. Uh, there's no question about that. So I don't know. I, I think if you're looking for a guy that's marketable, um, great in the media, super popular with the kids, and has the track record while technically not even really entering his prime yet. Oh, I think Giannis would be the would make sense to start your franchise with. But let's be honest, you could probably can't go wrong with either of those guys. Let's move into some of the uh, positional stuff. Now, this is funny to me. Who is the best small forward in the NBA? I, I just want to know. Kevin Durant won the vote. That's fine. Giannis received the vote. He's not a small forward, so I don't know who voted for him there. Who's voting for Chris Milton? Come on. Can we find out which GM said Chris Middleton is the best small forward in the NBA? Is it John Horst? Is he allowed to vote for his own players? Is it the GM in Boston? Is he like, oh man, I'm sick of this guy torturing my team. He is the best player in the entire damn league. I'm not so sure. Best power forward? Giannis took the vote pretty comfortably there, 63%. LeBron James, (laughs) only 27%. Uh, Last year, Giannis also won that vote at 46%. And who's the best center in the NBA? Well, interestingly enough, Giannis got 7% of that vote as well. Jokic took it pretty comfortably over MB. But it it is interesting that Giannis would get some votes there at center. We've spoke about the fact that his best position in the NBA might actually be the center position. And is it sustainable to play him there all the time? Probably not, just from the defensive point of view and the toll it puts on his body. So you probably don't want him playing center uh, every single night on a nightly basis. But maybe down the track he does. I mean, maybe his game transforms. Maybe he develops that post game that we're all looking forward to seeing that we know he's going to get. He's going to get more moves. Maybe later in his career when he loses, does lose some of that athleticism, he becomes a full-time center. It's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. As we move through to the most surprising move of the offseason, and, and I only really bring this up because... Uh, Someone did vote for PJ Tucker to Miami. And I remember when we were doing the podcast at the time, I think we we all were a little surprised. And I think it's been fascinating with PJ Tucker to see the way that the Bucs owners attacked the offseason after ultimately making that decision that they weren't going to pay PJ Tucker. Because I think at the time, there was certainly a suspicion that is this luxury tax avoidance? Is this the owners being cheap? Well, ultimately, that didn't that didn't be that wasn't the case. I mean, they went into the tax, they made a bunch of moves, a bunch of additions, and I I don't know. I mean, it, it does just feel like a decision that look, PJ Tucker, we saw him last year. He gave it absolutely everything in the postseason, and we'll never forget what he did in that postseason, particularly during that series against the Brooklyn Nets. But maybe they have a better sense for how much he's got left in the tank. And not only how much he's got left in the tank, the fact that 
I can guarantee you PJ Tucker's sitting there right now thinking that he can play 75 games, 80 games this year, no problem, play through injuries. And unfortunately, once you get to 36 years old, you just can't do that. So I'm fascinated to see how he lasts the season. I've spoken about Miami a little bit because uh, Kyle Lowry was actually voted by the GMs as the, uh, I, I, can't, I don't know what the exact wording was, either like the the move that that moves the needle the most or the most influential acquisition of the offseason. He's also 36. So you've just got a bunch of guys that are old, a bunch of guys that have got oh, so many miles on their legs. PJ Tucker actually left the Miami Heat's preseason opener uh, with a groin issue. Now, I did notice today that he wasn't listed on the injury reports. That's a good sign for him. But yeah, we'll see. Because keeping in mind, even PJ Tucker, I mean, it was only a couple of months ago that he had all those miles on the legs there. So we'll see how that plays out. All right, let's go to the defensive stuff here. So who's the best defensive player in the NBA? Giannis won that at 47%. Uh, He won it last year with 46% of the vote. Uh, Drew Holiday comes in at number three. So I don't know where Drew Holiday was last year, but this to me is certainly big time respect coming off the NBA finals. We heard Drew Holiday speak about this himself. He went on the podcast with uh, JJ Redick and he said that he kind of liked the defensive highlights were being shown on NBA.com and on the social media and people were really loving the defensive side of the ball. So I think this year's Drew Holiday's year to to really get respect. If you listen to the show or watch the show a couple of days ago, one of the listeners asked me whether I thought that you know Chris Milton would be the Bucks' second All Star, and I kind of said that I think it is going to be hard for Drew Holiday to be an All Star. But maybe I'm wrong. Remember, the coaches vote for the reserves. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he will get so much respect for what he does on both sides of the ball, what he did uh, during the NBA Finals in particular, and maybe Drew Holiday is a sneaky chance to be an all-star this year. Who's the best perimeter defender in the NBA? Drew Holiday by far, 50%. Ben Simmons only 17%. And I do wonder what part of that has to do with the fact that obviously Ben Simmons isn't going to camp because, yeah, whatever you think about Ben Simmons, I mean, we know he's an all-world defender. I mean, I if I had to pick two guys that were the best perimeter defenders in the NBA, it would be Drew Holiday and Ben Simmons. And I'd be cool if you split it. But Drew Holiday, 50% of the vote there. Giannis got 7% of the vote. Uh, Who's the best interior defender in the NBA? Rudy Gobert, 77%, and Giannis, 13%. Eh, you know, I mean, we spoke about voter fatigue. I'll be curious to see whether Rudy Gobert can push into the defensive player of the year conversation this year. I doubt it. I don't think that he will. I think Giannis is certainly going to be one of the favorites this year, and uh, no player in the history of the game has won two MVPs and two defensive player of the year awards. So he's a bit of history on offer for Giannis this season. Uh, the defensive player of the year only started in 1982. So, you know, I don't know whether guys like Kareem or uh, some of the other players would have ended up joining that category. But still, two MVPs, two uh, defensive player of the years is pretty elite stuff. And overall, Giannis was voted as the most versatile defender across the league. And I think that that makes sense. Uh, I I've, I find it interesting. There was another interesting part of this GM survey. And I'm going to get to that after I talk about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar that has ever been made. Uh, we know with Built Bar, we're talking about freedom of choice. There's so many delicious flavors. If you don't know your favorite, you're simply missing out, but it's not too late. Go to the website, get a mix box. You can get two of each of the nine flavors and you will be able to find out which one suits you the best. Uh, Built Bar 
uh, is healthy for you as well, which is obviously important. 17 to 18 grams of protein. The calories are ranging from 130 to 180, only four to five grams of sugar and 45 grams of net carbs if you order. Today, you can get the grasshopper grasshopper cookie or raspberry, whatever other flavor you like. Just go to built.com and use the promo code LOCKED and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED for 15% off at built.com and then jump across to betonline.ag because they are back and they're better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on for another football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus from football to basketball to boxing right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. That's BetOnline, where the game starts. So as we get going here again, the GMs voted the Bucs pretty clearly as the best defensive team in the league, 41% that was. It was a little bit surprising to me. I mean, I think if you went back to last year's regular season, uh, the Bucs were up and down with their defense, weren't they? I mean, there was no consistency that we'd gotten used to in previous years. Ultimately, we know why that was the case. They were trying different things and they were trying to get themselves more prepared for the postseason. The proof's in the pudding. I think that was a pretty good decision looking back on it. I think there's a lot of room for improvement with the defense. I think they can get back to being a top five defense this season. But I think ultimately the reason why the GMs would vote the Bucs as the best defensive team is based on what they're capable of doing in the postseason. And it comes down to the individual defenders on the team. So just look at the starting lineup if everyone's healthy. Giannis, Defensive Player of the Year. Drew Holiday probably could be a Defensive Player of the Year, but they don't give the award to guards. Brooke Lopez, All-NBA Defensive Player. And then you have Dante DiVincenzo, very disruptive. One of the more disruptive guards going around the league, flying around everywhere, getting those steals, being a distraction for the other team. And then Chris Milton, who, you know, I've said this a number of times, I actually think still Chris Milton is the Bucks' best one-on-one option for one possession on a guy like Kevin Durant in terms of having the length, actually being able to get up and and uh, and put a hand up in a, in a shot. You could argue Giannis for sure, but I, I think we've seen off the dribble Durant has, has hurt Giannis a little bit. So you've got five guys that can really seriously defend. So I would understand why the coaches would think that those five guys or why the Bucks would be the best defensive team in the NBA. I'm certainly not going to complain about that vote. We did have some news come out today, and I don't think it was a big shock to anyone, but former Buck, Pau Gasol, has announced his retirement from the NBA, uh, or from basketball, I should say. He did play with Spain at the Tokyo Olympics. Uh, before that, he'd been playing with Barcelona, I believe, and not much really happened after he left the Bucks in the NBA and had that that foot issue, ankle issue, and wasn't really able to play. I, I just want to say that I feel really fortunate. I'll never forget it. I was in Phoenix when the news came through, or I was in LA, actually, when the news came through that the Bucks were signing Pau Gasol, and then the road trip continued to Phoenix, flew to Phoenix. Um, his first practice... With the Bucks, we were able to be there. And I just remember it being a, a really surreal event for me to to have a Hall of Famer, a legend of the game, Pau Gasol there. We were in this 
a small gym at one of the schools in in Phoenix. I don't know. I can't even remember what what school it was. And there was no one else there. It was just the team, the players, then myself, Eric Name, and Matt Velasquez. And we just got to chop it up with Pau Gasol for a few minutes after practice. Uh, it was awesome. He's such a lovely person. And then a few other times after that, he was never playing. So he was always like an easy target. You could try and talk to him. So I would sort of corner him in the in the corridors a couple of times and just, just chat to him, chat to him about basketball. I remember at one point uh, talking to him about Giannis. I wrote a big feature going back a couple of years ago uh, for Bucks.com. You can probably still find it if, if you searched. It was Bucks DNA or Building Bucks DNA, I think was the title of the story. And Pau Gasol spoke about the leadership of Giannis and, and comparing it to other players that he played with and Kobe and all these other guys. And um, it was just fascinating to be able to pick his mind. He was always polite, always said hello, always welcomed everyone when we when we would walk into the locker room. So I know on court things didn't really work out, but uh, I, I, you know, I, I have a lot of respect for Pau Gasol, obviously, as a player, but the person as well. It was cool to have those couple of opportunities there with him and uh, look, who knows? I, I suspect we'll probably see Pau Gasol coaching or who knows? Who knows if he makes his way back to the NBA? But Bucks legend, Pau Gasol. So before we wrap it up today, I have to remind you guys about the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast with my guy, Josh Lloyd from Australia. Uh, that fantasy basketball podcast, I'm telling you, I mean, it's it does ridiculous numbers. He does a great job. If you play fantasy and you're not listening to that podcast, um, you're probably missing out. So you should definitely go and check that out. Tomorrow's show, like I said, Eric Name is on the show. This is going to be fun. It's always fun when I get to catch up with my great mate, Eric. Uh, if you have any questions, feel free to throw them in the comments here on YouTube or hit me up on Twitter at Kane Pittman, and we will be back tomorrow for that show. Again, we appreciate all the support. We, I, I never used to really ask people to subscribe to the show or whatever, but now that we're on YouTube, I'm doing it. I'm unashamedly asking you guys, Subscribe to the show. Support us. We love doing it. We're here every single day right throughout the season, and we appreciate you guys. You, you guys are the ones that give us uh, the topics to talk about. We've got some fun stuff planned coming up. So for now, I'll leave it there. Another solo pod in the books tomorrow. I'm with Eric. Take care, and we'll catch you guys after that show.